probably worse. You know, Isaiah, when you, Isaiah actually prophesied this. This was one of the signs of the last days. He called it a flood. That fear is going to flood. It's going to come out like a flood. You know, so it's a horrible thing. My, my foundation scripture is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I'll get it back to this later, but that scripture is personally means something to me because I've stood on that and I will continue to stand on that scripture and I'll testify about that later. But you know, as long as there have been rulers over, over people, the one tool that most governments and whatever you want to call them, they use fear as a tool, uh, good or bad, they still use it. In fact, some use fear to, and they justify it by saying for the common good. What a load of rubbish. When someone says it's for the common good, someone else on the other end of that is getting hurt. You know, that's not how God works. See, God doesn't use fear to control people. He gave us a free will. He gave us a choice. A choice to live with him or a choice to live without him. In fact, fear doesn't even come from God. So don't get, And also, don't get that mixed up with the fear of the Lord. That's something totally different. You know, I've talked about that before, but the fear of the Lord is basically a wholesome dread of displeasing God. It's not the same at all. It's reverence and respect and honour. It's a personal revelation of your Father in heaven. You know, because God displays fatherly love toward us. He gives us grace and mercy, gives us his Holy Spirit. He gave up his only son for us. He put his own righteousness on us. Ultimately, he gives us peace in our hearts. That's what God does. He doesn't control you. He doesn't force anything on you. It's entirely up to you whether you accept it or not. John 14, 27. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples in the upper room. Before I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace that Jesus is speaking of, speaking of enables us to remain calm in the most fearful circumstances. It enables you to rejoice in pain and trial. It enables you to sing in the middle of suffering. The peace, this peace never is never by circumstances, but instead it affects and overrules them. You see, when Jesus began to speak to his disciples about this subject of peace, the disciples and Jesus knew they were facing many trials and they were going to face because Jesus was about to be crucified. Fear was rampant. So in his final hours in John 14, he has given his final instructions to his disciples. And it's interesting because, like I said, Jesus is about to be arrested in a few hours. He's about to get a beating. He's about to get up on that cross and die for us. He's about to go to hell for us. Unimaginable, unspeakable pain. He's about to take on every sin known to men on him. So instead of being concerned about that, he's more concerned about the peace in his disciples' hearts, not his. So that tells you Jesus is concerned about your peace. Jesus wants you to have peace in your heart. 
Can I get an amen? amen? Awesome. See, you won't find peace anywhere else. It doesn't exist in the world system. Just like Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives you. The world cannot give you peace, no matter how hard it tries, and, and, and they do try. They can't. They cannot give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. They don't understand peace. They think they do. But there's always a sacrifice. Someone always gets hurt on the other end of that. You've got to remember the world's system is under the sway of the wicked one. It says that in the Bible. So the systems that are in place, good or bad, whether you think they're good or bad, are totally controlled by Satan. And that's why fear is always the tool they use. You know, like I said before, fear has been used on a massive scale worldwide, especially now. You know, if you look back in World War I and II, uh, you know, there were some scary events. You had Hitler taking over the world and, and everything. But you, you still had God in the schools, you had God in the army, you had God in the government, and people were courageous and they stood up. 16-year-old boys went to war. Would that happen now? Why? Because God's been taken out of the schools, been taken out of government, it's been taken out of everything. So they're full of fear. They don't have God there to replace it. How many people do you think now would do the same sacrifice that our grandfathers did? Not many. There are a few, but not many. It's true. You only have to look at our Western democracy, our so-called Western democracy, who fights for freedom, apparently. Yet they trampled on our freedoms. They locked us down. They destroyed businesses. They mandated to put fear on those who weren't cooperating. Does that sound like peace and freedom to you? doesn't to me. Where was God in that? Anyone that tells you that God was involved in COVID is a lot of rubbish and completely wrong. They're speaking out of fear. Like I said, they trampled on our freedoms and you know what? The majority of the people let it happen because they were fearful. They let it happen. They were too scared to stand up, too scared to speak out. And that's the point. Fear will beat you down into submission if you let it. You see, fear opens the door to the devil, and when you open that door, worry creeps in, anxiety. You start to imagine things that haven't even happened. You're playing scenarios in your head. It freezes you. It's a suffocating emotion. You're unable to move forward in life. You're unable to move with God. You can't think clearly, and you will say and do things you would never say. We've all seen that. It's horrible. Fear is a horrible thing. There are many types of fear as well, plenty. Take, for example, phobias. Have you ever typed in Google phobias and, <laughs> and read the list? Some of them are not rational, but the devil's not rational. You know, I'll read some of them out. This is the people have the fear of crossing bridges, fear of washing and bathing, <laughs> fear of heights, which is kind of normal, fear of water. And the, and the list goes on. There's some really ridiculous ones there, but they're genuine fear to people. I, and I can relate to that, because uh, when you have the spirit of fear all in your life, you are, fr you are freaked out about just about everything. It's, it's horrible. But if you dig deep enough, I think you'll find that all these fears come from the spirit of fear. Psychologists actually say most fears go back to the fear of death. 
which kind of makes sense because when it comes down to it, when people are on their deathbed, they freak out, they have no idea where they're going. I remember hearing a testimony of this uh, gang member. He was on his deathbed and he was dying in front of his family. He started screaming because he, was, he, heard, he saw flames going around him. Well, where was he going? It, it's kind of freaky, you know? For a Christian, we shouldn't have that fear because Jesus conquered death. You know, oh, death doesn't have a sting anymore. Yes, we can raise people from the dead, but he's talking about the spiritual death. Where are we going on? This, we're only a mere vapor here, eh? Eternity's forever. So we should take comfort in that. We're going to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. Death no longer reigns with us, has no power. That's a big deal. You know, I'm sure we've all experienced fear of some kind in our lives, and we can all relate to it in some way, but there are also people who live in constant fear, always anxious, always worrying, can't get out of bed because they're too freaked out, too depressed, don't want to go to work because they're freaking out about something that's probably really small, but it's, it makes it big in your mind. You're not sure what the future holds. You have no peace whatsoever. Doesn't matter what you do. You can stay in bed all day, but you're still in bed all day worrying. Doesn't change the fact, does it? You've got to face up to it. You know, I do feel for people who go through that because I've been through it myself. I know what it's like. I lived in fear for a long time, but I can tell you God can deliver you because he delivered me. You can be free from it. There's no doubt in my mind you can be free. I know you can. You see, you can overcome your fear because the word of God says that we are more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37, 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We should take solitude in that, eh? No matter what our circumstances, none of the sufferings of this present time can separate us from the love of God. This was what makes us more than conquerors and more. We should get that in our spirits because the devil will constantly and always tell you that God's left you. But it's not true. God doesn't lie. So we can overcome anything because we know God has promised right here in his word he will not forsake us. God, the most powerful being in the universe, has stated that nothing will separate him from us. Nothing. Nothing means nothing. Take rest in that. Stop thinking it's you. It's not. God just said, nothing will separate me from you. I will never leave you. Just like New said, just got to talk to him, bring him up. He will always answer. We just heard that. You know, I know for some it's hard to believe, especially when you're the one experiencing the spirit of fear, when you're depressed and anxiety. It's very hard to hear. You think, oh, what a lot of rubbish, especially when you're the one going through it. Because I know the spirit of fear is torment. It's a tormenting spirit. It's controlling. It makes you feel separated. You feel horrible. You feel depressed. You feel like there's no end to this nightmare. 
The good news is that God's word breaks the spirit of fear. I know it does. You see, faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. When faith comes, fear has to go. There is faith, power, love, and mental soundness in the word of God. Hence why it's important to remain in the word of God. Yes, coming to church and sitting under the word is good, but you've got to go out and do it yourself too. I know from experience, for a long time I didn't do it and I suffered for it for a long time. No one can make you do it. It's a decision. You've got to want to do it. Your flesh might not want to do it. Paul talks about whipping the flesh, eh? It is a fight. You know, my flesh would rather just sleep in. <laughs> Watch TV instead of preparing a message all week. You know? We, we're all busy in that. But you've got to whip that flesh. That's our fight, you know. What are you feeding your flesh? If you want to watch TV, you're just going to fill it with fear. That's all that's on TV now. You're, you're not feeding. How are you feeding the Word of God through TV? You're not. Like I've said before, whatever you're feeding is going to be the strongest. So if your flesh is overtaking you all the time, stop feeding it. Suffocate it out. Paul talked about it. Even Paul struggled with it. Paul the Apostle. So it's, it's, it affects everybody. When faith comes, fear goes. You get rid of faith in your life by replacing it with faith. This is when you've got to dig deep. You've got to dig deep. Remember, faith is not about how you feel. It doesn't rely on your emotions. You can't wait to be happy to have faith. Faith only counts in those times of need and trials. That's when faith really kicks in. You know? It doesn't rely on your emotions. Yes, I know some people say there is a knowing and you do. You can get like you feel faith building up. But for most of the time, you know, faith is unmovable. It's constant. It doesn't rely on what emotion you're on. You've got to get over that. That will hinder you every time. You've got to pick yourself up. We all get knocked down. The point is, is to get yourself back up. Get back up on that horse. Don't give up. Refuse to give up. Keep fighting. James 1, 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. See, God's not saying, you know, you're never going to have various trials. You are. We're all going to go through it. But he's saying, count it all joy. That's how you overcome it. Paul had lots of trials. Well, I'm sure all of us can testify we go through stuff. We're always going through stuff. It's just how we react to it. Do we give in to it or do we conquer it? Because we are more than conquerors. See, Paul got locked up in prison for preaching the gospel in a dirty, dingy prison. With, it would have been horrible. He could have got depressed. But you know, the Bible says at midnight he started praying and singing hymns to God. And suddenly an earthquake shook the prison, the shackles came off, the walls came down, and they were free to go. Because he counted it all joy. In fact, they even saved the prison guard and his family. They got saved. That's how awesome our God is. Made no sense to anyone else. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is a faith God. Paul tells us it's actually impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible. 
So none of your works, your religious works, don't please God. Unless it's faith, isn't it? Just doesn't work. It's impossible to please him because he's a faith God. He only reacts on faith. Everything he does, do you know that everything he does depends on our faith? If we turn up to church with no faith, nothing will happen. We're waiting for God to move. Well, start blimmin' believing. Because that's what it comes down to. And I know someone, I can hear someone already saying, oh, but it's hard to have faith. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's a fight. I'm not saying it's, you know, you've got to fight. But Jesus would say, only believe. Only believe. That's it. There's nothing else to it. There's no magic trick to it. Only believe. Everything, yeah. So the Bible, I mean, God is so thoughtful that he even made sure there were scriptures in the Bible 365 times to say, do not fear for every day of the day, every day of the year. That's how thoughtful God is. But it also tells me that's how he knows how important fear can take over. So he made sure there was a scripture every day to say, God's telling us every day, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Who can be against you if I am for you? And he is for you. doesn't matter what you think. That doesn't change the fact that he is for you. It, God doesn't change. He doesn't change his word. He hasn't woken up one day and gone, I've had enough. These guys aren't getting it. I'm, I'm not. God doesn't lie. He has to follow his promises and words. He has to. He does. That's, his, that's what God is. So how do we get overtaken by faith instead of fear? Well, Paul gives us a clue in 2 Corinthians 4.13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. If we truly believe, then our speaking has to line up with our believing. That's how we overcome I said this this morning in the, uh, over there, and I said, you know, how many times have we had prayer and then five minutes later we're confessing our symptom? We all do it. Our confession's got to line up with our believing. I shared the testimony of what well, I was reading one of Wiggleworth's sermons, and he talked about a lady who came, had a massive growth on her face. She came up for prayer, and she didn't get healed instantly, but she believed she was healed, and she acted like she was healed. And people will probably point it out, but your growth's still there, and she didn't accept it. She goes, no, I'm healed. She would look in the mirror, I'm healed. Totally believed it. And you know what? After a year, it disappeared. You know what? She wasn't surprised at all. She was like the same. She was the same. I believed and it was healed. I already, my healing was back then. That's how faith works. You shouldn't be surprised. None of us should be. We shouldn't be surprised if someone walks out of a wheelchair. It's faith. We've got to get this. If we want to see things moving, and we need to because things are getting dark out there, we've got to get out. We've got to start believing. We've got to believe what this word says. We can all do it. I know we can. I know we can do it. We all have it in us because God created us. We've been made in his image, so it's in us to do it. It's in our DNA. It's just unlocking it because we're so full of garbage. We've been programmed all our lives. That's why it says born again. That's why you've got to start again. You've got to get rid of all that rubbish. Are you hearing me? 
Come on, I know we can do it, eh? If we want to see things real change. How many want to see people walk out of wheelchairs? You know, I want to see this place full. I want to see it get to a point where we all give up our jobs because this place is 24-7 healing people. Why not? I've got to think big, you know? We can change our nation. And if we can change our nation, we can change other nations. It's in, it's, it's in our destiny, eh, this nation, to be the light of the world. It's going to start here, but it's going to start with faith, with our believing. You know, Paul was actually quoting David in Psalms 110, 116 verse 10. I have believed, therefore I have spoken. There can be no doubt that David had a spirit of faith. The guy killed a giant with a single stone. He took on a bear and he killed a lion and a bear with his bare hands. He killed more than over 10,000 Philistines. He was always outnumbered in battle, but he always won. I don't think he even lost a battle. In fact, no one was able to kill him either. He died naturally. He knew his place with God. But even a man, even a man with such faith even had to overcome fear. No one is exempt from it. That foul spirit of fear tries to rob us of our, every bit of our faith that we have, if you let it. But David wrote in Psalms 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. He sought the Lord. We heard Richard Brown preach last week about seek the kingdom first. Not seek things. <laughs> but we know what you meant. That's the point. He sought the Lord. God number one, always with that guy. Hey, always. In Psalm 27, verse 1 to 5, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat my flesh, they stumble and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Through war... Though war should rise against me in this, I'll be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that, I will, that, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire into his temple. For in that time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Our rock is Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about how Jesus says, you know, the Father is in me and I'm in the Father. We're in Christ. It's all about being in Christ. As long as we're in Christ, fear can't touch you. Take yourself out of Christ, then, you know, you're opening yourself up. It's all about being in Christ. He's our covering. He's our tabernacle. David had a spirit of faith, but he still had to overcome the enemy of fear. But you know what? He refused to allow fear to become part of his life. He refused. He realized that fear not only opens the door to the devil, it will also paralyze you from moving with God's plan in your life. David's speaking lined up with his believing. He was confident in the Lord's ability to see him through and close the door of fear. Remember, in order to get rid of fear, we must replace it with faith. We must fear not, only believe. Romans 10, 17, and I mentioned it before. So then faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. You know, we're quite blessed, you know, through, you know, back in the day when Jesus was walking around, 
Not everyone was at his sermons yet, but strangers would come up to him and they'd get healed, like the centurion. Never been in a sermon, never met Jesus, but heard about him. That's still hearing the word. He heard, and in fact, Jesus turned around and said, I've never seen such great faith. A guy that has never met, never sat in church, never read the Bible, but only believed. Only believed. Trying to see where I missed something here. Yeah, that's right. So they heard the word and they believed, because John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold his glory, the glory as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So if we want to build your faith, there's no excuse for us. We've got church, we've got the Bible, we hear it, it's available everywhere. Those people didn't. So if you want to build your faith, read your Bible. Pray, pray in tongues, seek revelation, seek the kingdom first. Do all these things and watch things change in your life. Whip the flesh into submission. You want to build other people's faith? Tell them about Jesus. You don't need to quote scripture at them. It's not the point. Tell them your testimony. Tell them what God has done for you. We hear Richard Brown's testimony. He lives out of it. It's powerful. Who wouldn't want to hear that? No one can deny that. You can't deny someone's testimony. The problem is half of us hide it. We're too ashamed to share it because we're too worried about the fear of man. We're too scared about what people think of us. You've got to make a decision to think and think to yourself, I don't care what they think. I've just got to do what the Lord asks me to do. I know I've been there. I've felt like times I should have shared something but freaked out and thought, oh, I can't. You know? We've got to overcome that. We can overcome it. Your testimony is the most powerful tool to win souls. It's not about quoting scripture at people. Scripture is for when you become a Christian to grow. They don't understand scripture. Doesn't work. Cool. If we, so now if we go, go to Mark chapter 5, and chapter 5 has a few things, but I want to focus on the woman of the issue of blood because there's two things going on here. Jesus is actually, Jairus is a ruler of a synagogue, and he approached Jesus and said, my daughter's very sick, can you come and heal her? And he was actually on his way to go and heal her, and this woman with the issue of blood who wasn't even allowed to be in a synagogue, she was deemed unclean, never met Jesus but heard about him. She pushed her way through the crowds just to touch the hem and Jesus felt power leave and she got healed. He turned around and said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. If her faith made her whole, why do you think it's any different today? Your faith will make you whole. Only believe. She just, just needed a little bit. She had tried everything, been to every doctor, couldn't help her. What did she have to lose? What do you have to lose to believe in God? We, we don't have anything to lose but everything to gain. Now at the time the woman was healed, like I said, Jesus was on his way to the house of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue. But when he told, the, when he told that woman with the issue of blood, your faith was made whole, the servants came Jairus' servants came saying, do not trouble Jesus any longer, the daughter is already dead. Now Jesus overheard that and he turned to Jairus and he gave him some vital information. Mark 5, 35-6 says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead, 
Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard that word spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. He says, Fear not, only believe. No further information to go on, just don't fear. He didn't give him scripture, didn't give him a whole lecture. He just said, just don't fear, just believe. In 1 Timothy 6 verse 6, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. And it's true, it is a fight to faith. When Jairus received that bad report that his daughter had died, he could have believed it, got into fear and gave up on his miracle. But Jesus said, let me tell you what to do. Fear not, only believe. Jairus chose to believe the Lord's report and not man's. The daughter being dead was a real accurate report. But he would not believe it because of the word of Jesus. Because Jesus said something different. He says, just don't fear, only believe. Some of you might have received a bad report. Now you have the opportunity to choose what you're going to do. Are you going to believe or are you going to give in to fear? Up to you. And you might say, oh, that's not easy. That's not an easy decision. Or, really, or you really don't understand. Well, I can tell you, I fully understand. We've all experienced it. I know it's not easy. I know it's, it's not easy to fight for your faith. But if you're thinking like that, you're letting the spirit of fear control you again because you are worrying about the outcome. If Jesus says something in his word, it should be as good as gold, the gold standard. The Bible says to be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer. Are you praying about it? Are you giving all your cares and worries to God? He, wants to, he, doesn't want, he wants peace in our hearts. Remember, Jesus is concerned about the state of your heart. He wants peace for you. It's impossible to have the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear at the same time. They can't coexist. When you have the spirit of faith, you do not have the spirit of fear. When you are in faith, there is no room for fear. That means there is no room for doubt, there's no room for anxiety, there's no room for stress, there is no room for worry, even sickness. There's just no room for it. It can't coexist. It's a spiritual law. If you want to be rid of stress and worry in your life, then you have to rebuke the spirit of fear. Because fear is at the root of every bit of it. Fear comes from the devil, not from God. Fear never comes from God. The devil is a fear devil. There will be a fight in the worst of your circumstances. No doubt. It is a fight. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It is a fight. But you must make up your mind that you're going to win. Because you trust in him. Do you trust in God? If not, why? Why not? It's only fear telling you not to trust in him because you're focusing on the outcome. See, there's a moment that comes in every person's life where we must choose if we're going to be full of fear or full of God. You know, I, I, like I said at the beginning, I experienced fear for quite a long time in my life, for a very long time. I don't remember a time that I didn't. And there are two significant manifestations of the spirit of fear that happened in my life, and I'll share them. One was, uh, the first one was actually when I became a Christian. I was probably a Christian for about a year or something. 
and I was like half the, you know, I was like some people would just sit in the church just to seat warmer, message going one ear and out the other. Didn't know any better. I, I couldn't grasp it. But I was scared of everything, scared of speaking in front of people. I mean, it's a miracle I'm even up here. I would do everything in my power to get out of speaking in front. I was shy, timid. In fact, that's what, that's what Timothy was like, and that's why Paul the Apostle wrote that to Timothy. Where he says, you know, you do not have a spirit of fear. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He's given you a spirit of power, of love and of a sound mind. Because he was timid. So if you're timid out there, you don't need to be. I know I was like that. I was very shy. Wouldn't talk in front of... If there was a group of people, I wouldn't talk. I'd just sit there very quiet. Too scared to talk. Didn't have a very good image of myself. But anyway, I was in hospital. Just came from back surgery. And I had this demonic dream... And I, and I woke up, and as soon as I woke up, this thing jumped on me. I couldn't see it, but pinned my head back to the pillow and my shoulders. I couldn't move. It felt like someone had put their knees on me. I remember trying to ring the buzzer for the nurse, and I couldn't even do that. I couldn't talk. I couldn't breathe. All I could do was just think of the name of Jesus in my head. I, had, I wasn't ready for it. I, hadn't, had any, I had no faith. I had nothing to stand on. Anyway, it dissipated, and I thought, well, you know, at the time I didn't know what it was, but I know it was a spirit of fear. And then fast forward, you know, quite some time, you know, I got my act together, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I realized I had a spirit of fear I needed to deal with, and I had prayer from Pastor Robin, and, and Brent gave me some scriptures. So I got delivered, I got prayed for, I believed I was delivered, and for an entire week I just focused on those scriptures, I stood on them, got them into my spirit, and then one week after being prayed for, I woke up one night and there was this big ugly spirit, I could see it this time, standing next to me on my bed. Had big, big long black hands, was trying to grab me. And my first reaction this time, this time I wasn't frozen, this time I could speak. The very first thing that came out of my mouth was that scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. Just, it just came out, I didn't even try, it just came out of my spirit. And when, when, I, when I said that, the demon got extremely angry and tried to grab me, but it couldn't. There was like a force field over me. I was protected. It couldn't touch me. And I, ended, and I didn't even care it was there. I wasn't even scared at all, and I just started praising God. And as soon as I started praising God, even angrier. Then it started making noises in my house. I was the only one in the house, but there were footsteps running all through my house and outside. Things moving, making heaps of noises just to get me freaked out. Just that little bit so I can open the door. Didn't work. I woke up that morning and I never experienced peace like that in my entire life, ever. It was awesome. But I, you know, I, I, I used faith. I stood on a scripture. You know, you, when you get prayer for something, you've got to stand on it. You've got to stand on the word. People lose their healings all the time from that. You know... 2 Timothy 1.7, like I said, says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. There are three God-given qualities mentioned in this verse. So the first one is the spirit of power. Many Christians have been able to serve God courageously in the face of many enemies and circumstances. They do not shrink back into fear. You only need to look at the persecutions the disciples went through, especially Paul. So how did they accomplish this? Paul put it this way in Philippines 4.13. For all things I have strength through the one who gives me power. That's where our power comes from. Paul understood who gives him power and where it came from. 
Second, the second quality is love. It's a deep love for God that helps you stand up courageously for what is right as well as love for your fellow neighbours. It's what motivates you to put your needs ahead of others, of your own. It also makes you want to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And there are a lot out like that, like that at the moment. We should be standing up for those who can't stand up. I hate bullies. We're the ones that need to stand up because we can. David did. He stood up against Goliath, the biggest bully around. The guy was massive. No one wanted to fight him. David didn't even have armour on him. He just had a slingshot. The, th- the third one is soundness of mind. In the Bible, soundness of mind refers to the ability to make wise Bible-based decisions. Someone with a soundness of mind is able to remain sensible and reasonable even when facing difficulties. It's meaning don't let the circumstances overtake you. Calm down. Let the wisdom of God take over. What does the Bible say to do in this situation? Ask yourself those questions. You know, we need to make decisions that reflect God's thinking, knowing that his relation, our relationship with God is more important than the uh, circumstance and the opinions of others. It's not being ashamed of the gospel. You're not on your own. We're all in this together. That's why it's called the body of Christ. So, uh, Haley, can you just play some music, please? So that, that's the end of my message, but I want to open up the front. I want to pray for people, and I get the leaders to pray for people who are going through what I've just talked about. You know, it's all at varying degrees. You might only have anxiety now and then, or someone's living in it. I'd like to pray for you. I'd like to get rid of that spirit of fear, put faith back in there. But then it, then it is up to you when you walk out that door. Go and get some scriptures. If you don't know them, you can even Google them. There's 365 of them. Pick two or three of them. Stand on them. Personalize them. Confess, confess, confess. Your speaking lines up with your believing. Pastor Don used to say, you know, confess a scripture enough till it drops into your heart. That's what we've got to do. We can only assist you, but it's up to you to fight faith. I can't fight it for you. We're all in this together. We're all going to help each other. But at the end of the day, it's on you to fight it. We can help you fight it, but you've still got to go home and you've got to do it yourself. I can just tell you from experience, it can be done. I can't tell you how much fear I had to live with for a long time, but I was delivered instantly. I still fight. I still confess that scripture. I hold on to it and I'll never let go because I know it works. So I just want to open the floor. And I know some of you right now, you're even too scared to come up the front. There's nothing to be scared of. You're in a safe place. How many times have we offered prayer but you're too scared to come up? I know I used to be like that. Who, no one likes coming up in front of people watching. And for those who are sitting there, I ask you, please don't, please don't be a spectator. Participate by praying. Pray for those that come up here. Please. It's not about a spectator thing. It's been, we're all in this together. So I'm just going to close the meeting, but if you want prayer, please come up and we'll pray for you. Have a good rest of the week.